Okay, everybody, our reading for today is the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. So, again, hopefully you've already read it. If you haven't already read it, do pause this and go go read it first. Always read God's Word before you listen to my Word. Um, so in this chapter we find Jesus is tested as he begins his public ministry, which we saw began yesterday in chapter 3 with his baptism. And also in this chapter, he calls his first disciples. So let's consider some truths that we can see in it. I'm just going to point out two truths here. And the first truth is one that I have hinted at uh, in the previous two chapters, but is it is really made very explicit in this chapter. And that is that Jesus lived a perfect life of obedience to the will of God for our salvation. Meaning, Jesus didn't just die on the cross for our sins and salvation. His whole life was for that purpose. Uh, at the end of chapter 3, we saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus after his baptism. And... Uh, and Combine that with Acts ten thirty eight. This indicated that he would, Jesus would complete his earthly ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit. And here in chapter four, we see Jesus in verse one over uh, overcoming temptation in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Matthew stresses the importance of Jesus' obedience. Like I said a minute ago, we often think about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our salvation and rightly so first corinthians 15 3 says that we don't often as often at least think about the fact that jesus lived his whole life in perfect obedience to the will of god for our salvation as well but matthew emphasizes that point here and he does it in a very unique way that makes it unmistakable that that's what he's emphasizing he paints a picture like I said a couple of days ago, he paints a picture of Jesus perfectly obeying God where the Old Testament people of Israel had always disobeyed. And I want, I want you to try to think about this with me. Matthew has already alluded back in chapter 2 to the Old Testament people of Israel being delivered out of slavery to Egypt. And he continues the comparison here in chapter 4. Let's compare the similarities in the stories here of the Old Testament Israel coming uh, that came out of Egypt and Jesus in his life here in the New Testament. Uh, in the Old Testament book of Exodus, when the Lord brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt, he led them, think about it, he led them out of Egypt and he led them through the waters of the Red Sea. Remember that he, God parted the waters of the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land. You can read that in Exodus 14. They, so they went, in a, in a sense, they came out of Egypt through the, the waters of the Red Sea and then out into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, uh, he gave them his law through Moses in Exodus 20, which they continually disobeyed and consequently wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years as a judgment from the Lord for their disobedience. Again, Numbers 32. By comparison, 
And by contrast, Jesus came out of Egypt, Matthew 2.11. He came, whereas they came uh, through the waters of the Red Sea, Jesus came out of Egypt and went through the waters of baptism, Matthew 3. And now, just like he, they went uh, through the waters of the Red Sea out into the wilderness, Jesus, here in Matthew 4, after coming through the waters of baptism, is now coming into the wilderness for how long? 40 days, mirroring their 40 years. And here, instead of disobeying like Old Testament Israel had done while in the wilderness, Jesus perfectly obeys at every point of temptation. Three times in verses 4, 7, and 10, Jesus resists Satan's temptations by obeying the same Old Testament law that God had just given Old Testament Israel to keep, but which they had always broken. So in Matthew 4, 4, uh, he obeys Deuteronomy 8, 3. In verse 7 of Matthew 4, he's obeying Deuteronomy 6, 16. And in verse 10 of Matthew 4, he's obeying Deuteronomy 6, 13. These allusions to the Old Testament will continue in the Gospel of Matthew. But here in chapter 4, they emphasize the importance of the fact that Jesus perfectly obeyed the will of God at every point. If you and I had lived and been part of Old Testament Israel, we would have sinned and disobeyed just like they did. How do you know? So Romans 3.23 tells us that. What, what grace and mercy that Jesus came and perfectly obeyed so that when he went to the cross, he was a perfect, sinless sacrifice for our sins. And because he perfectly obeyed the will of God, when we put our trust in Jesus to save us from our sins, he gives us not just his blood that covers over our sins and our shortcomings, but he also gives us his righteousness, as if we had lived his life. The Apostle Paul understood this, saying that he, he himself, even the Apostle Paul, did not have, as he puts it in Philippians 3, 9, Paul says he didn't have a righteousness of my own that comes from obeying the law. What kind of righteous, righteousness did he have? He, he says, I didn't have a righteousness of my own that came from the law, but a righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ. So here's the bottom line. Jesus didn't just die in our place. He lived in our place too. So that's, that's pretty amazing grace. Here's the only other thing I want us to say here in Matthew 4. And that is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Because in this chapter he calls his first disciples. And the chapter continues with that in verses 18 through 22. And what I want you to see here again is the radical nature of what it means to follow jesus when jesus called peter and andrew and james and john the common denominator among all of them is that each of them immediately left their old life for a new life with jesus christ again in verse 17 we have jesus preaching the necessity of repentance just as john the baptist had preached and remember the meaning of real repentance we saw in chapter three you can you can listen again to that uh, podcast if you had forgotten. And in these 
first disciples, as they, they illustrate that for us, real repentance, real turning to Jesus, real following of Jesus. They turn away from their old life, and they turn to a radically altered new way of life, verses 19 to 20 and 22. But I also balance that with the fact that these disciples were still very imperfect people. <laughs> You're going to see that in the Gospels. But the Lord had a, has a, a different specific plan for every person who follows him. But the one thing that is true of all of us is that we leave our old lives, and that's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment decision. We leave our old lives, our old lives, de, uh, lives of uh, desires and our selfish ambitions, and we give our lives completely and wholeheartedly to Jesus to be lived for his desires and his glory. Unless we can look at these first disciples and, and, uh, and like them be willing and ready to leave our old life completely behind to find new life in Jesus.